What's up, everybody, and good morning. This is LTIOS. I am Cody the Cool Man Lee, and I'm here with my co-host, Sebastian the Awesome Dude. Ah, man, I just didn't have a good nickname for you. Oh, man. I thought you had all of this written down or something. No, no. It's funny, too, because I almost said the French man, and then like I was like, ah, I don't want to be racist. <laughs> Dude, you know you can say these things, especially with me. It is not racist to call someone a French man. It is not, yeah. it is not racist to call someone an American man or a Mexican or a British man, you know, or yeah. Swedish. My brain's been trained. It's just like, ah, don't say that, Cody. Don't say that. You're going to have a soulless... SOS anti-French racism on the back. <laughs> I didn't even know they listened to the podcast. Uh, they listen to everything, Cody. Oh, man. Well, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You? <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Every Monday you ask me how I'm doing, and I always base it off whether my Dallas Cowboys won or lost on Sunday. And they won, and right? Since no, they lost really bad yesterday. Yeah, it's it's the first loss they've had in like six weeks. So we had a nice little run there, but ugh, yesterday was bad. It was a really bad, embarrassing loss, and I'm still suffering from it. Hey, sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. <laughs> well, thanks for that. That made it all better. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh man. Um. So I don't know why, but you want to talk about iPhone sales numbers again? Yeah, I just, it's weird when I get this, it's just something inside me just nagging, like, ah, you, you got to talk it out. You got to talk about it because especially something like this, which I feel like so many people are just writing off because it happens every year, right? We hear these reports every year around this time um, that uh, Apple's iPhone sales are in trouble, right? Like, oh, you know, like this supplier has you know, cut down their orders of these parts because they say Apple's cut their orders. And again, it's just something we've grown accustomed to and something we use or something we hear a lot uh, every year around this time. And I just, I, there's something that's telling me this isn't that this isn't the same as normal. This is, I think Apple's having a really time, hard time moving iPhones, the iPhone 10 are in particular, but just in general selling iPhones this quarter. And uh, I didn't even really know which article to point to, you know, as as I put this note in our show notes. I just thought, man, we just got to – I just wanted to put it out there and then maybe try to get some responses or something from listeners and see what they thought. Because now we've heard it from multiple suppliers that Apple's cut their orders in half. We've also heard that Apple has redirected a lot of their in-house marketing talent towards moving more iPhones. And uh, I think two things happened within the last week that made this kind of resurface for me in terms of like urgency of wanting to talk about it. The first one is I noticed an iPhone deal uh, for the iPhone XR. I want to say it was like $495, like full retail. This isn't like just a rental fee. This is for the full phone, about $200 off retail. And uh, I can't remember if it was at Best Buy or where it was at, but this was a very discounted iPhone, um, which if it's at the end of a product cycle is normal. Like that's normal to me. But if it's at the beginning of a product cycle like it is now, yes, it's the holidays. Um, yes, Apple has a hundred different ways they can try to move or a million different ways they can try to move iPhones. Uh, but this was this, this kind of signal to me. It was a flag for me for a little bit of trouble selling the phone. So of course you drastically drastically reduce the price and, and hold on let me cut you off right now just to clear things up like this price sure. didn't include any kind of trading offer like trading your old iphone and no this, this was for, okay just outright you come with cash 400 something bucks and you get an 10r right yeah i wish i, I need to find it if we're going to talk about it like this it needs to be real but um even if you took this one out and you thought okay apple bumped up the trade-in They'll give you an extra hundred dollars on top of your old iPhone if you buy an iPhone 10R. Like they are, these promotions are definitely real. Like they are out there. Apple's doing them themselves, and it's not like Best Buy's attempt to try to move more iPhones. This is Apple discounting their own devices. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, and it's more of a big deal to me, is that Ming Chi Kuo, who we all know is is probably the most respected, you know, supply chain base analyst in in the Apple game. Right, this guy is very accurate. He's obviously got great sources. Um. Around this time, usually to the uh, opposite of the other reports we're normally hearing, right? If the suppliers are cutting their orders or saying that Apple's cutting their orders, usually Ming-Chi Kuo is like, well, I'm, 
I'm going higher. I'm I'm going to up my target iPhone sales because I think Apple's really moving these things. That's not the case this year. Ming-Chi Kuo, this is a report that came out, I think, at the end of last week or maybe just over the weekend, uh, said he was cutting his uh, uh, estimates for iPhone sales this quarter. And when somebody with those kind of sources, and again, you combine it with the other smoke we're seeing, that signals to me a pretty big fire. And it signals to me, wow, it's a really good thing Apple chose this next quarter to stop reporting uh, iPhone sales, right? So when we go... When we hear their earnings, uh, when they release their earnings in early January, uh, Apple is not going to tell us how many iPhones they sold. This is the first quarter they've done this, and they're going to do it moving forward. They announced that last uh, uh, in early November that this was going to be the case moving forward. And I just think perfect quarter to do this because it sounds like we might have a pretty big dip in what iPhone sales were last holiday quarter to where they are now. Is this – am I – I'm not trying to like – I don't want to do like this scary, like scare tactic thing. And it shouldn't be scary. I mean, Apple, of course, like eventually iPhone sales are going to go down, but I also don't want to be like this doom, doomsayer either. So you think I'm overreacting or are you starting to pick up that maybe there's more here going on than, than just these false reports? I don't know, Cody. Um, I know that I'm not that too worried about it uh, because like you said, that's something we hear every single year. And every single year, uh, there are more and more reports piling on this. And every single year, I I would be willing to bet that every single year, someone like Ming-Chi Kuo is going to come up and say the same thing uh, that he did this year. Um, Ming-Chi Kuo is very well connected, as we've been uh, we've verified in the past. But he doesn't have a complete 100, uh, 100% accurate uh, track record when it comes to uh, predicting what's going to happen uh, to various products from Apple. And, and he, might, he might have his numbers right as well, saying maybe, I think like the, he, he, he lowered his estimates by 20% or something like this. I think what I saw was a crazy number. But regardless of the number... We're not a hundred percent sure that these numbers are linked to production of iPhone XR or iPhone XS. Maybe it's production from a future product. We don't know how much inventory Apple has been building up of of, of these iPhones uh, since September. So, of course, if Apple builds up fifty percent more inventory than they would normally do. Well, when they cut down, it sounds like a drastic, major cutback of of inventory. But in reality, it's not as bad as it may seem. So that's, you know, like I take all this with a grain of salt. I think I, I get worried about Apple when when they report the numbers in, what is that going to be? It's going to be in January, right? Or February? January, yeah. In January. And I know we're not going to have... Um, sales numbers uh, broken down by device or by device category. Uh, but I think uh, some smart analysts in there will be able to do some like reverse engineering and out of the numbers that Apple is going to be providing, kind of figure out how many iPhones, how many iPads, how many Macs, how many wearables were sold. And and then, and only then, I, I maybe start worrying but it's not the promotions that I see Apple doing or that I see in other stores. Like, for example, I think Best Buy had the HomePod for 250 bucks, like several times. Like, this is such a great deal. I would, yeah, if, BH Photo had it too. Yeah, yeah, if I didn't have two already, I would probably buy one or two. <laughs> one or two. <laughs> seriously, at this price, at 350 it hurts a little bit. Is it 350 in the US? I don't even remember. Since yeah, I paid in- 349. Yeah, yeah. I, it, you know, it's, it's, it's pushing it. At 250, to me, it is a no-brainer. But anyway, like these are um, promotion outside of Apple's direct sales channel. You know, it's not a sale on Apple's website or in Apple store. So it's kind of different, even though I'm sure it's telling up something. Right, but um, what made some noise last week, or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, was that Apple was really pushing really hard the sale of iPhone XR on on their website by offering even more um, uh, trading value for if you brought in your old iPhone Seven or something like this, and 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 people were like, "Ooh, Apple must be in must be in serious trouble if they're pushing so hard to sell iPhones." 
And I didn't see it like this, really. I saw it as Apple trying different things, you know, like for a very long time, Apple didn't try really hard to sell phones, you know, like, yes, they make commercials and yes, they sponsor stuff and, 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 and of course they want to sell iPhones, but they didn't really push hard at all, you know, especially compared to some Samsungs that have like, huge incentives in carrier stores and stuff like this so you can buy their devices. Apple never really did anything so drastic. And maybe they're starting to do it. And 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 that's why they had this, these wide offers that, are, by the way, are not even that wide. They were just adding some, uh, offering some trading value. And, and the numbers as they were presented on the website were kind of a little tricky you know they were like you can get a brand new iphone 10r for 400 bucks but that included the trading value of your old iphone 7 or something so that was kind of disguised dr um and i did, didn't really appreciate the tactic but it doesn't certainly doesn't mean that the company is in trouble I, to me it just means that the company is trying something different um, Apple is trying, you know, as we all know, trying to make more and more money, especially now that they are not reporting um, sales numbers. They want to have, they want to, they want to be able to push the revenue because this is something that's still going to disclose, like the uh, total revenue, uh, margins, profits, uh, that kind of numbers that really mean uh, that really paint a good picture about the health, financial health of a company. So, so. Um, yeah, I, to me, they're just trying something new. And uh, we shouldn't be too alarmed because we really don't know what's going on behind the doors at Apple. And we don't know what's going on behind the doors of of these um, comp- components makers. Yeah. And I said uh, the last time we talked about this, I think this was a few episodes ago now, I said... Um, you know, if it was just one or two suppliers, it would be easy to write off as, okay, well, Apple probably, the reason why these suppliers are announcing these cut orders is because Apple is, uh, really trying to diversify, uh, its supplier partners. So there's no bottlenecks. It is the holidays. Maybe they're actually can't keep up with demand at this point. Um, so maybe they're switching suppliers or at least moving some orders over to some other suppliers just to, uh, try to make things go more smoothly. But as more of these suppliers pile on, and like I said, uh, Ming Chikuo, you said it, he cut his uh, uh, estimates for iPhone XR sales down 20%. Uh, and really, that cuts his. Uh, um, well, he's okay, so he says the iPhone XR sales have been weak. He cuts his overall iPhone sales forecast 20%. So um, at one point, he was expecting um, 47 million to 52 million units. Okay, that's right in the neighborhood of where they were last year. It's not a, it's not much growth, if any growth, but at least it's not a huge slump. He's cut that now and believes that uh, maybe they only sold between thirty-eight and forty-two million uh, units, which would be a pretty big drop. At the lowest point, it would be a drop of twelve million iPhone uh, iPhones since last year, which would just be devastating. I think in terms of uh, just the the market's reaction to Apple selling. T- double digits less than than what they sold a year ago. Now, mind you, Apple's a much different company. I know we all know that uh, iPhones make up a, a very big chunk of their revenue. It's not 70% or whatever it used to be. Apple makes a lot of money in services now. They've really diversified uh, where their revenue is coming from. They're about to launch um, uh, a TV service. We, uh, I think there was a report over the weekend they're looking to relaunch a, a magazine-type service. Uh, so there are other streams of revenue there. It's just, it's just, it's just odd, you know. Like you don't picture Apple having trouble selling iPhones. That's just not really the Apple we know. Um, bigger picture, the entire smartphone market is is getting pretty saturated, right? And these phones are powerful enough, and they're made well enough that they're lasting more than the year or the two years. There's not a big enough reason to upgrade every year. Uh, so I think we all kind of saw this coming, but. And, and and the price are increasing too. The prices yes. of devices are are increasing, and and you can look at it anywhere you any way you want. But where where some people before might be updating, upgrading their phones, their iPhone every year or every other year, and now that you have like at the top of the line phone starting at a thousand dollars, it's you know it's less of a motivation to upgrade when you see. When you see such a 
such a price uh, jump. And you, you could argue that you could still get the iPhone 7 or something or the, the iPhone 10R. But for, for the people who want the top of the line, um, right. you know, there might be a substantial amount of people that you know, would have updated, upgraded their phone this year, but looked at the price and was like, you know, I really want the 10S because that's really the premium iPhone out there. Uh, I don't want the 10R. It's too big. I know it's cheaper, but it's too big, and it's not the it's not the flagship device. I want the flagship device, but you know what? It's too expensive. Whereas if Apple had sold it maybe a hundred bucks less, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe they would have sold tons more. I think Apple has been uh, experimenting maybe over the last couple of years with the elasticity of pricing of their devices and see experiment with how far people are willing to go to buy the new iPhones? How how much money are people willing to pay for the ba- the best and the latest new iPhone? And if anything, maybe you know, last year and this year is going to be a wake up call for for Apple, or maybe the results of the experiment where they will realize, well, maybe we pushed the envelope a little too far on this iPhone XS business. Uh, maybe it's time we tune it down a bit. Um, I, I think that's something worth figure out in September when they come up with a new phone. This flagship new phone would it be would it start at nine ninety nine like the iPhone XS or would it start a little lower? Um, I, I think it will tell a lot about about the experiment uh, about whether it was an experiment and if it hurt Apple to increase the prices because clearly if they decrease the prices going forward even by 50 bucks that means that um, they saw a notable uh, variation negative variation in sales numbers yeah I, I mean I really like that you pointed to sales uh, or the the pricing I think that has something to do with consumer behavior. Uh, the iPhone 10R, that's still in the wheelhouse of where the old iPhones were at 650 or 750 or whatever, uh, starting price. Uh, but you also have to think the way carriers have changed how they market these things and how they sell phones. Um, there was a while, I mean, okay, so the initial iPhone that was really expensive off the bat, I think it was four or $500 and you were still under contract somehow, um, with the carrier. Uh, Eventually, they moved to the typical, you know, the uh, the subsidy model where you could put a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks up front. You're in contract for two years, but you didn't really have to, you know, you could say that you had to kind of pay for it every month in the plan that you were in, but you weren't really. It's not like you were getting a fee that said iPhone uh, every month, and that's kind of what they're doing now, right? If you want to upgrade to the latest phone, you either pay full price or you kind of take it out on this leasing plan. So I think this different purchasing model might also be affecting things. But but at the at the the largest part of this I think is these phones are so fast now and they're so advanced. Especially yeah. once you have once you have face ID, there's not a whole lot these new phones can offer other than maybe an enhanced camera experience if you really think the iPhone 10 took bad photos you could upgrade. But outside of that I just don't know what's going to push you. So yeah, it's just we're it's an interesting topic to me because you're trying to like you're trying to figure out what's the next move here. You're trying to figure out why maybe iPhone sales would be slumping if they are. Um I've questioned the iPhone 10R move from Apple from the jump. I you know, it's it's a it's a really compelling phone at the price, but to release it and actually it came out a month after the iPhone 10S. Um I just don't know if that if that was the move. If you remember before the iPhone 10 the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus launched a month or two before the iPhone 10 was even available. And I think that move kind of paid off because they said, okay, if you want to upgrade to one of these now, they're a little less expensive and they keep the same touch ID that you all, you've always loved. And now they have wireless charging. And I think people went and bought those in droves. And then the cutting edge people who wanted face ID, they waited for the iPhone 10. Maybe even some people got the 8 or the 8 Plus and then they saw the 10 come out and then moved on to that. So, Maybe they were catching some people twice, but this strategy, iPhone XR, um, which is, uh, I mean, regardless of all the features you can name on the XR, it's still a lesser phone. It's a cheaper phone than the iPhone XS and XS Plus or XS Max. Um, so releasing that after the fact, I don't know if that was the smartest move. Mm, I don't know. I think it was a calculated move. And I don't think it's a lesser phone. I mean, the, you, you know, the screen is not as good. 
the even though everybody was trying materials it, aren't as good. Yeah, the material or the screening, but oh, I mean, who, who cares? Let's say I don't think it's not as good. I think it's just not as premium. I think on it's I not think as on premium. paper. Yeah, on paper it's a lesser phone. Like if you added up all the features, on paper you could prove it's a lesser phone, and on price tag you could prove it. It's three or four hundred dollars cheaper. But it doesn't mean it's a lesser phone because it's cheaper. Um, and and really the only difference is the screen and the camera, and that's about it. Because everything else is virtually the same as what you find in the iPhone XS. Uh, no, no, same. I get it, and it's and that was obviously what Apple was going for. I'm saying. Yeah it probably didn't work the way they thought it would. Because I think a lot of people, regardless of how much you try to explain to them that it's a very similar phone, I think they don't see it that way. I think the mainstream looks at it and goes, okay, it's way cheaper. This is basically like last year's phone parts in a bot- in a new body. And they don't like that. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I can't I obviously speak for the masses, but as an outsider looking in, that's how I view it. I, I think that it'd be interesting to like be a fly on a wall of like a carrier store or something when you hear customers and consumers trying to make this decision like okay well what's different about the 10r and the and the 10s okay screen size it's a different screen it's very similar though um okay well why is this one 300 less than well uh, uh, it's because material you know like it's just it would be interesting to hear them try to you know the average consumer try to shop through it try to work their way through the the buying decision because I don't know if it's playing out how Apple thought it would. So I never worked in, in a carrier store or an Apple store. I know that you did in a previous life, worked for a, a top-tier carrier in the United States <laughs> that shall right. be unnamed. Um, but I would assume that when Apple or when Samsung or Huawei or whoever you know, starts setting a new device in store, they probably sell... A sales material to the store. So, you know, some basically bullet points or uh, uh, these are the things you should say about this device. These are the things you should emphasize about this device. These are the things you should say if the customer asks you these questions. And I'm sure that definitely in Apple stores, but most likely also at carrier stores and, and, and partner stores at Best Buy and stuff like this, um, the sales associates are receive documents from Apple, and I'm sure these documents specifically address these kind of questions where uh, a potential buyer would inquire about the iPhone XR versus the XS. Why is the XR so much cheaper? And I think if the sales guy has been trained properly, and it's, and it's not even like trying to scam the, the, the potential buyer or anything, it's just being fairly honest. It's like, well, you know, the screen is not as good quality, but you probably won't see the difference as a, as an average user. Um, the camera, as you can see, there's only one camera on the back. Uh, so you can't take these amazing like portrait photos and all that stuff. But everything else is the same. As a matter of fact, the screen is a little bigger than the XS, and the battery is the best battery of any iPhone ever made. So, you know, like when you put all this uh, side by side, when you put the pros and the cons on, on, on both sides, I feel like with the proper sales guy in the store who knows what he's talking about and not trying to push a sale over a, a product over another one, um, I think people can be fairly well informed about about the 10R and how it compares to to the 10S. So that's not something I would really worry about. Really, uh, it's not. Well, it, it's, it, to me, this is very much different from uh, the i. Which one was it? The iPhone five, the five C. Five C. Yeah. That you know clearly was a lesser device. You know, like here, you don't get a lesser device. The insides of the of the phone are exactly the same. Same chips, same everything, except screen and camera. So, uh, to 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 me, like this, the ten R is actually when people ask me what device they should get right now, that's the one I say. I send the ten R. I said, do you have a lot of money? No. Well, then get the ten R because you're not gonna get the the, the price. Dif- you're not gonna get in value the price difference that there is between the 10R and the 10S. So the 10R is definitely the one I always recommend to people asking me for advice now um, about iPhones. Yeah, I mean, I get that. And I get that. Um, and again, it's not something I'm necessarily worried about. It's just something that kind of fascinates me. Like, I would be interested to see uh, what 
those buyer decisions look like in the stores because you I mean you make some very good points you sound like somebody that Apple has made the correct impression on for these 10 R's of these are true the same device essentially but I just I don't think that's it across the board you brought up the 5c I think that leaves a weird kind of bad taste in people's mouths and even if they don't directly recall it it's still an echo right like People saw a lesser iPhone not do well and only survive a year. Like the iPhone 5C came out a year, then it was gone. They never released another version of it. Um, so I think there's still echoes of that. Uh, I think, you know, all of the major phone manufacturers do send, uh, you know, trainers or salespeople out to carrier stores to make sure that they understand how to pitch the product. But Apple was never, at least when I worked there, Apple was never one like a Samsung. Samsung would provide like, they were called spiffs. They were kind of like little bonuses or little points you could earn towards bonuses for every phone you sold. Apple was never that aggressive with it. They never put like, okay, whoever sells the most iPhones, get a free iPhone. You know, like that's just, that wasn't the case. So you're right in saying that Apple's never been aggressive really with the phone sales because they didn't really have to be. And maybe now they're just starting to dip their toes in that water. But again, I think when you're adding this all together, it's, it's, it doesn't paint a great picture for what iPhone sales could be. And we don't have to spend this whole podcast talking about iPhone sales. I know that's not a super interesting topic to people, but it's just when you're talking about Apple, you're talking about where do they go from here? How do they move forward as a company? What is the next big thing? You have to kind of mention, okay, well, right now their best-selling product, their most money-making product is uh, it's looking like the growth is, is not really there where it's been over the last five, 10 years. Yeah, and is it a bad thing, though? I mean, we're always talking about growth, but growth has to slow down and even stop at some point. But in Apple's case, is it a bad thing? I think what's more imp- maybe more important for Apple right now is to making sure that the people that are buying iPhones, that were buying iPhones two years ago, last year, and this year, next year, are going to be satisfied with their devices so that even if they don't buy another phone for two or three years or maybe even four years, the next time they buy a phone, it's going to be an iPhone. And that's something that Tim Cook loves to brag about, like the uh, the customer set. Uh, it's all touching. you know. Yeah. It's always like up the roof because people love their iPhones, people love their iPads, and and this is very important, especially when the market uh, growth is slowing down. You want to make sure that you deliver the best possible product to these people, so that the next time they buy. Uh, a similar product, they buy your product. And who knows, maybe iOS 12 was made for uh, in anticipation of this as well. You know, like iOS 12 was, didn't bring too many new features around, but um, successfully, I would say, because I've installed it on a bunch of my devices, successfully made all their devices uh, much more stable, much more reliable. And that's something that people are going to notice. Uh, maybe not consciously, but unconsciously, so that in in three years or four years, when they change their phones, they're like, okay, my my iPhone is is finally kind of you know giving them up, giving up, and I just you know it's time. I have money. I just want the new phone, whatever is around. I want a better camera. They might at this point realize that wait, you know, I've had this iPhone like for like four or five years. My dad has an, still has an iPhone five. You know, he has an iPhone five that I gave him that was several years ago. Um, right. Still still loving it. Uh, mind you, he didn't pay for it, but I think that if he were to buy a new phone tomorrow, he would probably be seriously considering getting an iPhone because he has a, he's had a pretty good experience with it. Um, and I, I, I think a lot of people are in these shoes, and that's very important for Apple to make sure that these people stay in these shoes, happy about the products they use, to make sure they buy the same products or the same brand again next time they need to make this purchase. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I just think I, I'm still shifting my view. Like this is all these reports, uh, and really just Apple had a huge hand at it themselves by saying, we're not going to announce iPhone sales anymore. You really just start shifting your view of Apple, the iPhone company to, okay, it's bigger than that. You know, it's, it's shifted to more than that. And so I'm anxious to see what that more is all going to involve. But it's not more than that because no company actually, very few companies actually report sales numbers. Samsung doesn't, uh, uh, what's their name? Uh, Amazon, you know, clearly Amazon doesn't report doesn't, anything. Yeah. Of course, Amazon doesn't really sell phones. Uh, do they still sell sell the Fire Phone? Is it still available? I don't know. No, no, no probably so. not. But I mean, it's not unusual for a company 
Uh, actually, well, it's I tra- unusual to it's, un- it's unusual to announce them and then stop announcing them. You're you're mixing it up with companies like Amazon that never announced them, right? And it's it's a it's a worse look to announce them and kind of tout them. I mean, they used to do a press release after every launch weekend saying, "Boom, we just smashed it." They haven't done that in I don't know how long. And for them to just say, we're just going to quit saying numbers completely is just not a great look. Yeah. However you slice it. I know there's yeah. a lot of companies that don't do it, but it's it looks worse for Apple to, to stop doing the it. The odd thing is that they did it in the first place. Yeah. And that was they they were in this trap, you know. And if they had stopped announcing this number three years ago, we we would have swallowed the pill by now. It would be over. We wouldn't even think about this anymore. That would just be business as usual. But because this is so fresh, it's still in our minds. And we're all trying to rationalize this. Like, why are they stopping now? Does it really say something bad? Well, it you know, it probably says something, but it doesn't necessarily say something negative or something bad about the company or the financial uh, health of the company. Yeah. And, and last, last thing, just to keep in mind, Apple has projected that it's going to, uh, its revenue is going to be record breaking, um, higher than last year's holiday quarter. They projected it, uh, during their last earnings call. They said, I believe it was like 89 to 92, uh, billion. Okay. So they're, they're just under a hundred billion is what they're expecting to do over the holidays. So again, we're not trying to go in panic mode. Uh, we're just, you know, again, talking about these reports of these iPhone cells and what that could possibly mean for, for Apple moving forward. All right. Let me take a break here and thank our sponsor for this week's episode. And it's our friends at Jamf Now. It's easy to keep track of your own Mac, your own iPhone and iPad. But what about the other Apple devices that you have at work? As a business grows, so does its digital inventory, making it harder to manage everyone's Apple devices at work. And this is especially true if the employees are working remotely. Jamf now makes it easy to set up, manage, and protect your Apple devices. So you can check your digital inventory. You can distribute Wi-Fi and email settings, deploy apps, enforce passcodes. You can protect company data. You can also lock or wipe a device as needed from anywhere remotely. Jamf now helps you manage your devices so you can focus on your business instead. And the best thing is, as I always say, no IT experience needed. This is probably the best thing about Jamf now. Now let's talk iOS listeners can start securing their business today by managing their first three devices for free. You can add more starting at just $2 a month per device. Create your free account today at jamf.com slash let's talk that's j-a-m-f dot com slash let's talk um the word of the day is tacos (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding we're not doing that contest no it's over it's over oh man did you ever get a response back from the winner oh yeah i did actually uh he received the ipad uh i think did he tweet it or i think i retweeted it over the weekend uh, he sent, I think he might have sent pictures of it too, or maybe he emailed me the pictures because I told him, I, I said, you know, when you receive the package, it was ordered directly from Apple so I can track and everything, you know, it's fairly, uh, safe. But when you ship a thousand dollar device like this, you never really feel that comfortable until, until you have, yeah. you know, proper confirmation. Oh yeah, here it is. Yep, he tweeted the picture. Yes, I received my new iPad Pro today. Thank you, iDownload blog and iMobi for making it possible with a couple pictures. You know what? Copy link to tweet and I'll put this uh, in the show notes for everyone uh, to <laughs> for everyone to it, see. You're like, this guy looks suspiciously like you, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I see this. I see this note here that says, "Is Sebastian an Apple hater?" Question mark. Which is funny because I feel like you just spent the last twenty minutes going to bat for him over these iPhone numbers. Dude, exactly. That was going to be my transition. It, it was not the the sponsor read. I would have transitioned like this, and uh, right. I obviously, you know, talked from from the heart when I defended Apple. Um, right. But it's, you know, over the last two episodes, we talked a lot of crap about Apple. And I think... A lot of complaints. A lot of complaints. <laughs> <laughs> Any more complaints for the complaint departments? And turned out yeah. there was more last week. <laughs> so, so we took them. And, and I'm the one that's usually more negative, or at least I'm more um, cynical. I, I, you know, I, I, I often take a cynical take on things. I don't know. It's in my nature. It's not good. You know, I, I, I'd rather be more positive in life. 
but I'm like this. That's the way I am. And over <laughs> the last two episodes, like I've received, I'm not going to say dozens. I'm not even going to say a dozen, but a couple emails saying, man, you're so negative. You know, it's kind of annoying, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you listening to every single, are you listening to every episode or, or have, have you listened to like four or five episodes or have you listened to like just these last two episodes where we, both of us, I think, were overly negative on complaining about things that bothered us, uh, about Apple products or the company itself and everything. Um, so, you know, like I wanted to ask you, Cody, because you talk to me every week and you've talked to me <laughs> for several years now, every single right. week on Monday. Do you think I'm maybe a secret Apple later or something? No, not at all. I don't think anybody who has their wife smuggle uh, HomePods <laughs> across the border <laughs> is, could be an Apple hater. But I'm, no, seriously, I think, like you said, I think you're, you're, um, I, and I don't even mean it negatively, but almost cynical by nature. I think you've got uh, this kind of like look at things, and Apple should do better in some areas, in your opinion. I think you express those from time to time. Uh, I also think that uh, sometimes the problem – remember all those problems you used to have? We called it the – what was it? The uh, Bermuda Triangle yeah. around your house yeah. in San Diego <laughs> because of uh, just the tech problems you would have. And sometimes you know, front-facing, it would look like Apple's fault because it was on your iPhone or it was from like your Airport Express. But maybe it was just the tech behind it in general. You couldn't really point the finger. So I think all of that comes into play, right? Yeah. So, uh, technology, it's, we've, we've kind of – had it for over the last decade or more these smartphones they should be perfect by now and when they're not or when you pay a lot of money for something that doesn't work as expected i think you're going to complain and i think subconsciously both of us or anybody that covers apple like we do i think subconsciously we're driven to be balanced and that internal scale can force you over the line on either side right so you're like ah, i've been really harsh on apple let's let's kind of let's praise them a little bit more um or if you feel like you don't, I think that's where I fall in is, uh, I don't want to be labeled as like this Apple sheep or this Apple, uh, you know, uh, praiser all the time. So I want to make sure that I'm balanced. And sometimes I go overboard in the complaining side of things. Like, see, I don't, I don't always just say Apple does good. Here's all the, I can point to all the evidence of me saying they're bad. So I think that might have something to do with it as well. Yeah, yeah. In my case, I have a very hard time containing my my feelings uh, about things. <laughs> you know, like I can't. Right. I mean, it's the same. Not just about Apple or uh, you know, podcasts. No, it's just just the same in life. Like sometimes I know, like maybe with my wife or some people around me. Like I'm like, you can't say this. You can't say this. Don't say it. And, and then, then I'm like, <laughs> I have to say it. I have to. I can't keep it on 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 the inside because. <laughs> That's going to just, you know, stay in my head for the next few days and it's going to drive me insane. So I'd rather, say, you know, say it and let it out and explain it and maybe, t you know, be explained that I'm wrong or get a different point of view. But um, personally, I don't think I'm an Apple hater. Uh, I think <laughs> I think my wallet proves it. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I think you I can... got the receipts to prove it. No, but I, I I defend Apple at every occasion I have with people, you know, in, in my family or my friends. Uh, though it's not hard to do because they're mostly sold on Apple. But every once in a while, like <laughs> the other day, we had dinner and this guy had a couple of drinks and he he sells phones at a store in France and. He had this Huawei phone and he was telling me how Apple hasn't innovated in years and stuff like this. And that drives me freaking insane when I see this. And I look at his phone. This is like a copy paste of the iPhone XS, you know, like same vertical camera, the notch and everything. And you know, I just tore it down. I was like, dude, I, I, Apple can't innovate. Oh, yeah, they can't innovate. I'm like, let me look at your phone. Okay. Look, this is an exact copy, carbon copy of the uh, of the iPhone 10. And so, if Apple can't innovate, why do you have a phone that's a carbon copy of a phone that's obviously not innovative? And then, you know, I took down every uh, every feature that his phone had, like the camera, the notch, the full screen, and everything. How he was telling me about how so much RAM he was he was having. So we did a little competition about loading apps and stuff like this. So I basically like showed him like very you know, in five minutes that his arguments were dumb. So I was very much defending Apple. And I found myself defending Apple more outside uh, than I do on the podcast. You know, on the podcast, it's my 
avenue for uh, voicing what's what's wrong with Apple, hoping that it will resonate and may, and maybe some people uh, will share the same feeling or the same sentiment. And maybe that's going to be material to help Apple change things, you know, at a small scale. Um, eventually, if you know, I can say something that's that echoes and that gets back to Apple somehow, um, then that's a good thing, you know. I think that's a good thing uh, to be able to be able to explain things that I think don't are not good about the iPhone uh, or yeah. or any other product. Um, and and that's that's the way it is. So yeah, to answer my own question, I'm definitely not an Apple hater. Uh, I'm rather an Apple lover. I, I love the company. <laughs> I'm just not blind to everything they say or do. And uh, I, as much as I try to rationalize what they do, sometimes it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I have to to be the devil's advocate and and talk crap about it because I, to me it doesn't feel right. Two things I'll add to that. One, I think you hit the nail on the head. You're just a pretty blunt person. <laughs> so it's just like, if you have something on your mind, even if it's negative, you'll share it. Um, and two, I think, uh, uh, negativity, ah, negative is such a negative word. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but it's right. <laughs> right though. Like if you just think about it, you're like, man, it does sound negative, but like com- <laughs> complaints, ah, that sounds negative too, but we'll just use it. Complaints. It, it sparks conversation. Like, okay, so uh, here's a great example. If I told you, man, my Apple Watch has been working just like it's supposed to lately, you'd be like, all right, well, that's good. That's weird you told me, but Mm -hmm. that's good. If I said, man, I'm really upset with my Apple Watch and how it's working lately, you'd go, what's wrong? Boom, now we're in a conversation. That could go on 10 minutes depending on what my problem is. But I think that's why, especially in a format like this on a podcast where we're talking, you you tend to hear more complaints because, again, if we were to just say, hey, everything's good. Yeah. This would be a five-minute <laughs> podcast or it'd be a five-minute Apple podcast and a 30-minute What Are You Watching on Netflix podcast. <laughs> so I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, that's funny. So how is everything today? Oh, my iPhone XS is awesome. I love my AirPods. My iPad Pro is great. So uh, let's check back next week, same place, same time. <laughs> yeah, I'll be here. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was my impression of me apparently <laughs> um okay so yeah i've you're not a hater i'll i'll throw that out there you're uh, not an apple hater. thanks bro <laughs> <laughs> okay we had some other uh this is pretty big news in the apple community um the Cydia store shut down and it didn't like i think this really got blown out of proportion over the weekend wouldn't you say oh yes with the way the way people reacted to this um I, why don't you why don't you kind of take the lead here because uh soric disabled purchases in the city of store and it's normally a taboo word to say on this podcast but the the sentiment over the weekend was that jailbreaking was dead city was done and everybody should just move on but that's not what happened tell us what happened so a bug has been discovered in uh, the Cydia store. So there's f- first two things. There is Cydia. Uh, that's the uh, app store for jailbreak tweaks, if you will. That's the application that you launch and there is repositories in there and stuff like this and you can download stuff. That's Cydia. That's, let's call it the app. Cydia is the app. Uh, and then you have the Cydia store, which is, uh, I guess, for lack of a better explanation, it's a payment processing mechanism that was put in place by Soric, um, the guy who created Cydia, to make it easy to purchase tweaks uh, in, in, in Cydia uh, from, for, uh, from uh, default repositories, like the Big Boss and whatever repositories that, that were default. So that just made it easier to to buy to buy uh to buy items in there. So a bug has been discovered in there. And I'm not entirely sure about uh the mechanisms behind the bug and everything, but once you have a bug that is, that can affect uh PayPal payments, um you know PayPal accounts, you know you're touching on something very touchy uh and sensitive and and, uh, you know, apparently Soric tried to fix things several times and patch things here and there. And, and, uh, a bug was still, 
dragging around. So he decided last week, I think it was on Thursday, that uh, IGB first wrote about this. Anthony did a great post about this without sounding the alarm or anything because there was nothing to sound. Um, right. Said, you know, um, echoing what Sorik had said that um, he was just pulling the plug on Cydia Store. So he was pulling the plug on uh, the package purchasing mechanism that he had put in place. So you could still download tweaks. You could still uh, install third, uh, tweaks from third-party repos that you installed. You could still pay for these tweaks, but that was outside of his responsibility anymore. He was just saying, you know what? I'm not taking care of this payment system anymore. You guys deal with it, basically. And a lot of publications, I think all publications, <laughs> except us, uh, just ran on it and read it as Cydia is over. They didn't um, separate Cydia Store and Cydia. To them, Cydia Store was App Store for jailbreak tweaks. And they were like, okay, Sorik himself, the creator, said the Cydia Store was over. He was putting the plug on it. So it's the death of jailbreaking. And and that is not the case at all. Uh, well, yes, it sucks that you don't have... Uh, especially for tweak makers, an easy way to uh, to request payments for your tweaks in the default repositories like Big Boss. Um, a lot of um, a lot of uh, jailbreak tweak makers were already using their own payment mechanism. So it's not like it's breaking everything and everything is falling apart and, and it's the end of the world. It's not. Uh, I think uh, either re- repos like uh, default repos or Tweak makers are just going to have to find a way to handle their uh, the payments for their tweaks themselves, and that is it. But the confusion and misunderstanding and misleading things and just uned- uneducated posts on everything, like from The Verge to TechCrunch to everywhere, really, like you know, like major publications, was just like way out because they all based their report on nine to five max who got it completely wrong from the start, and then everybody picked up this story. Two days after we actually wrote the, the correct and accurate uh, depiction of the situation, and then it was too late. Uh, everybody was confused and everything. And so, um, so uh, Anthony, on Thursday, I believe, the day Sorik, you know, posted his thing on Reddit, uh, Wrote very, you know, very simple post. In resp- uh, the title, of the headline is in, in response to serious bug, Soric disables purchases in Cedia Store. You know, very, very um, factual and you know, is not sounding the alarm or anything like this because again, there's nothing to sound. It's no, it's not the end of the world. And then uh, yesterday, he published another great post. I think uh, that everyone who's interested in learning more about this should read. It's an FAQ style post about, uh, the Cydia's store shutdown and what happened and how it will impact jailbreakers going forward. So it's, you know, question and answer kind of post. Uh, it's very short, very easy to read and answer all the questions that people may have and really, uh, puts an end to the fear, uncertainty, and, and doubt that was thrown on this uh, by just about every publication out there that doesn't know anything about jailbreaking. Right. Not much to debate here. It's just, you know, a f- fact. It's a situation. And, uh, and you know, like we, <laughs> this podcast is not made for um, discussions, really, about jailbreaking. There is, or maybe there was, the other podcast, Let's Talk Jailbreak for this, which has been kind of a, on a deathbed uh, for several months now. Uh, right. Just like jailbreaking has. I mean, jailbreaking, I don't say, I wouldn't say it's dead, uh, but it's definitely not as vibrant and, uh, and, and energi- energized as it used to be back in the days. I mean, it's, it's just not that, um, that easy these days and there's less involvement in the community and, and uh, the tweaks are not what they used to be. And, and it, it is what it is, you know. Um, but I wouldn't say the jailbreak community is dead uh, quite yet. Right. There's 353,000 subscribers to the R jailbreak uh, community subreddit on, on, on Reddit. So um, if that kind of gives you any idea. I was just reading kind of through uh, uh, Sorek's post on here, which is really what kind of sparked some of the the, the doomsayers, right? The, because he says... 
uh, in this post uh, last Thursday, the reality is I just wanted to shut down the Sidious store entirely before the end of the year and was considering moving up the timetable after the report of this bug. Um, he really goes on to explain like, hey, I wasn't making nearly as much money on this as people thought I was. Uh, and uh, even shutting this down is not going to mitigate the biggest of my expenses, which he says he pays out of pocket, it sounds like, for the bandwidth for – uh, to host a lot of these uh, repos and these tweaks. Um, so I, I encourage people to read it. If you're curious, you want to get a peek behind the curtain of how some of this works, uh, Sirk, as usual, does a great job of kind of explaining everything and, and what's really going on. I thought Anthony's post was great too to really explain what this meant going forward. I think a lot of these purchases, if not all of them, were uh, d- didn't work on iOS 11 or the latest version of the jailbreaks anyway. So it's not like people are... Uh, there was a tweet that Anthony embedded in one of these posts that says, you're not going to feel this change anyway. So I don't understand why, why, uh, all of the, uh, commotion. Um, a lot of, a lot of headlines over the weekend that just didn't add up to, to what was actually said. Yeah. I mean, I guess anyway you slice it though, it's probably not a pot. That's probably not positive news for the jailbreak community as a whole, no. right? Like this is, this is taking something away. Um, and it doesn't sound like it's going to come back anytime soon. No. No, but it's definitely not the nail in the coffin. Yeah, I think uh, that's all for me, too. It looks like we've reached the end of the notes here, unless you yeah. wanted to. <laughs> You're like, nope. No, 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 no. No, we're good. We're good. No, no, cuts, cuts. <laughs> all right. Great job, everybody. You can go home. <laughs> Mike, that was that was incredible what you did with that, that boom mic. That was a sweet move. Yeah, and Cody, thanks for messing it up as usual with your recording and cutting it oh, in the middle man. of it. Hey, I said it. I said it. This is probably it. Might have been the first time in a year yeah. that we've had like an actual technical problem, like a big one like this. We sometimes have like yes. the intermittent Skype issue or something Skype, like this. Skype but, issue, yeah. But this one, we, this is really the first time. Remember, like when we did this like four years ago with Jeff. Sometimes we would like talk for like forty minutes and it's like, oh my thing, somebody crashed. didn't have the recording. Oh, on I didn't turn or... it on, or like we got it oh, down. To, it would be the worst. We got it down to the science worst. now. Yeah. Well, and it would be uh there was times where we would do two podcasts on a like on a monday like yeah. do both like two podcasts and then if you mess one of those up now you're recording basically three podcasts in a day that's draining and it was just yeah really draining honestly especially when when you've already recorded one and you have to do it again because the recording didn't work or something and you're like, oh, that's the word. You have to yeah, repeat you your know, words and your ideas, and you know what the other one is gonna say. It's terrible, terrible, right? Yeah. If you if you already know what's gonna what's gonna be said about this, it's you can't come with the same like passion or the same enthusiasm because you're just like, yeah. you know, it's like saying, um, how crazy are those iPhone numbers? Yeah, how crazy are those iPhone numbers? <laughs> yeah, how is that ECG on Apple Watch Four? Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I still don't have it. So what? <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> Oh, uh, you're coming! You're coming to the states here pretty soon. Yeah, aren't on you? Thursday. You gonna pick one up? Thursday, okay. I'll be uh, back on the uh, on the new continent, and on Friday, I'll probably be checking my heart rate. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like posting all your ECG readings. You're like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, guys. It's funny. I didn't know whether, you, like, I thought about sharing a screenshot of having my heart reading in there, and I actually. Uh, maybe my brain's just programmed this way over the years, but I was like, should I be sharing this data? Is this is this like secret data I shouldn't be sharing? Like, I didn't know if my if there's some type of data in that in the rhythm. It makes it sounds dumb now, as I'm saying. Yeah, it. totally. I remember thinking for a second. <laughs> well, thanks for that. <laughs> I remember thinking for a second <laughs> that I was like, I probably shouldn't share this on Twitter. I don't know if people were going to be able to find my location or, what, <laughs> or hack it. what's embedded in your heartbeat. Hack into your Google account with your heartbeat. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's this new option to sign into Google with your heart rate. <laughs> oh, man. And that, and that tells us that we've come to the end of our show here. 